The theme I'm getting from this exhibit is the attempt to convey the beauty of the apogee of the golden era of Athenian democracy under Pericles. The marbled statues are exquisite in their detail, and they have influenced architecture, sculpture, and overall art throughout the centuries, as can be evidenced by the architecture of the several buildings in Washington, D.C. The structure of the exhibit tries to imitate the positioning of these pieces in the real Parthenon. In that sense, it is trying to trick spectators' senses into imagining the entire structure with these friezes. The limitations are obvious because aside from the geometry, what is missing is the surrounding parts of the building, including the actual height. As someone that has been to the Parthenon in person, seeing the exhibit is not only disorienting, but more to the point, it's slightly upsetting because there's something important to note here. How can you appreciate a work of art that has been extracted from its original? There's an inevitable sense of disconnectedness here. As much as they try to put it in a nice setting to make up for the lost context, it still almost feels like you are looking at a decapitated body. When we look at the marbles, the methods of the removal are evident. They've been hacked and cut off from their organic hole. It is hard to ignore this as we walk through the exhibit. Some argue, though, that the marbles belong to the British Museum. They say it wasn't until the marbles could be seen up close at the museum that their artistic genius was fully recognized by the modern public. Thus, it is argued that the removal and subsequent installation at the British Museum is one of Britain's most significant contributions to our understanding of ancient Greek history. Additionally, they say housed in the British Museum, the marbles serve a far larger audience in London than they would if they were sent back to Athens. The Parthenon was a temple dedicated to the goddess Athena, and the friezes are representations of the religious marches during the Panathenia Games, one of the biggest religious celebrations. They depict scenes related to the genesis of the world per the mythological understanding of ancient Greeks. They show the symbiotic relationship between humans and their human-like gods. As such, some may say they do not have much value because they are not unique since other civilizations have done similar things. But because of the themes and the unique beauty of these marbles, they transcend religion. They can invoke similar sentimental reactions to the modern visitor as they did when they were first created, despite the fact that people no longer believe in the Pantheon. Let us not forget that the main distinguishing characteristic of the classical Greek golden era was that as a civilization, it was perhaps the first that put human person in the center of its endeavors, whether scientific or artistic. For the first time in human history, Arts, such as theater and philosophy, converged with the sciences under overarching questions such as who are we, where are we coming from, what is our purpose, and what is our relationship to the gods we believe in. These themes, inspired by the friezes, transcend eras, languages, ethnicities, and as such, have and will continue to be admired in the future. This exhibit was entertaining to walk along and zoom into the marbles, but its lack of description left something to be desired educationally. Hopefully, my research and personal knowledge of Greek history made up for this. Now we will be traveling to the location many argue the marbles should be sent back to, Athens, Greece. This next site transports us right to the top of the Acropolis Hill, where the Parthenon sits majestically before us. History teaches us that the construction of the Parthenon began in 447 BC, making it almost as old as my father. The archaeological site of the Parthenon consists of other buildings that are collectively referred to by Greeks as the Sacred Rock. Over the years, the Parthenon specifically has been looted, bombarded to by the Ottoman Turks, 
hacked at by thieves, <clears throat> Lord Elgin, had its main use changed during the Christian era to a Byzantine church, resulting in a removal of all sculptures, preeminent among which was the largest statue of Athena, created by the architect Phidias himself. And in addition to all this, major attempts to reinforce and maintain the marbles, which traumatized them, such as the introduction of lead inside the marbles. Now, some parts of the Parthenon are inside the new indoor museum of the Acropolis, which sits at the foothill of the sacred rock. When we look at the Parthenon, we see the destruction that it has met, and despite its wear, its beauty still radiates. Imagine how it looked when its white Bendeli marbles shone through the Athenian light thousands of years ago. All of that being said, in spite of several conquerors from the Persians to the Ottoman Turks, it is a marvel that this marble is still standing. The intricate design and structure of the Parthenon is the result of the convergence of religion, architecture, science, philosophy, and more in the Golden Era. It represents a symbolic convergence of the creativity born of free, democratically ruled people. And as such, it is etched not only in Greek people's psyches, but it is admired by free people of all backgrounds and ethnicities. What is the value of an exhibit that is part of one of the seven wonders of the ancient world? In my opinion, the intrinsic value does not only lie in the beauty of the artifacts, the symmetry of the architecture, and the embodiment of what the ancient Greeks used to call pan mitra noristron, that is, everything that is in moderation is perfect. What stands the Parthenon aside from other artistic marvels of the world is that it is the first and most symbolic artifact of truly free people who practice the first democratically ruled society in the modern world. In other words, the context of the exhibit, the social and political, is what makes the Parthenon an inspiration to this day and the future. One must bear in mind that the project was conceived by the Athenians and not by a single ruler. It was financed willingly, and it is therefore one of the first products of free people living under a revolutionary, new political system. This virtual tour allows us to walk alongside the Parthenon, see the view over the Acropolis Hill onto all of Athens, and additionally, offers us descriptions of what we are seeing. It truly feels like we are standing at the peak of Athena. This exhibit is both entertaining and educational in the descriptions and graphics it offers. Before we go back to our respective homes, Arc Junkies, I'd like to send you off with some fun facts and my vote on which virtual exhibit was done best. Here's a fun fact. The phrase that characterizes Parthenon is, there's no such thing as a straight line. Everything is a curve. The magnificent columns showed an upward decrease, which means for their base to the top, they kept thinning progressively. The stylobate, the walls, the architraves, and every other surface are also curved and angled inward. To manage all this, of course, ancient Greeks had to use high-leveled mathematics, geometry, and architecture. Additionally, did you know no bird flies over the Parthenon? This magical phenomenon may have to do with so strong magnetic fields above the building, which are now subject to extensive research. While many things have affected the surface of the Parthenon, the Greeks will never have to worry about scraping bird poop off of it, that's for sure. At the end of this podcast, I'd like you all to tell me which exhibit you think did it best by voting on the Twitter poll I've just posted. Personally, I may be biased, but I believe while the British Museum has gone to great lengths to recreate the context of the frieze with its Greek architecture in the exhibit room, there's nothing quite like being at the site itself 
but the ancient Greeks worked valiantly and steadfastly on erecting the wonderful Parthenon on the Acropolis Hill. And that's all for today, Arc Junkies. I hope you enjoyed our trips to England and Greece. I'll see you guys next week when we discuss the ruin of Pompeii.